time again for the uh, Jim Meskimen Live Celebrity Podcast, where instead of doing impressions, uh, I take calls from actual celebrities on my iPhone and uh, answer their questions or, or pose questions to them. And uh, this week it was announced that one of my favorite artists of all time, maybe yours too, uh, would be the recipient of the Nobel Prize in Literature. I'm speaking, of course, of Bob Dylan. He's on the line now. Hey, Bob, you there? What's up? Well, first of all, congratulations. Oh, well. I mean, uh, it must it must be an honor. Is it? Is it an honor to, to win the... Complicated, Jim. It's, uh, it's complicated, like they say on Facebook. Oh, really? How, how so? Well, you know that Alfred Nobel, he, he made up the prize out of a kind of a guilty conscience he had. Oh, because of the whole... On account of he invented dynamite, which in and of itself, you know, ain't a bad thing. You need dynamite sometimes. Clear land for roads, blow up uh, stuff that needs blowing up. But he was really, really... You know, heavy into the armament thing, you know? Yeah. Is that right? Oh, blasting caps and detonators, torpedoes, weapons of mass destruction. Huh? He was all over it, man. Hmm. He even lost his younger brother in an explosion at one of his factories. Didn't stop him. He just kept on going. Like, like a Rolling Stone? Pardon? Nothing. Yeah. After Nobel died, you know what the French newspaper headline was? No. Le Marchand de la Mort est mort. The merchant of death is dead. Wow. So, so you you have mixed feelings about the... Well, you know how it is. You get old enough, if you're still around and twitching, somebody want to give you an award for something. Makes them look good, and they figure you hard up enough, you'll go along with it. Make you look good, too. Wow. <laughs> Bob, should you be saying this publicly? Oh, yeah, man, I've been saying it. Like in this song. Uh, you remember this one? He's a great humanitarian. He's a great philanthropist. He knows just how to touch you, honey, how you like to be kissed. You can feel his arms around you. You can feel the tender touch of the beast. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, sometimes Satan comes as a man of peace. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's a hell of a statement. You know, the Nobel Prize maybe ain't so noble. Well, I, 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 see, I see your point. You know, that would definitely be kind of a source of, of personal conflict. But are you going to, well, you haven't turned it down, have you? Oh, hell no. You haven't. No, that's $1.2 million, man. I'm not made of granite. No. People think I'm Mount Rushmore. I'm not. No, no, you're you're far better. Yeah, whatever. Any parting words? I sure hope not. <laughs> Me too. Thanks, thanks, Bob. Adios. Well, there goes Bob Dylan, a man of few words, all of them memorable. Uh, oh, gosh, I was going to ask him if he uh, if he does any impressions. Have to have him back on the show sometime. Anyway, well, I wanted to mention that, uh, speaking of music and, and, and uh, influential stars, Tamara and I went to see, uh, this week went to the Hollywood Bowl to see Tom Jones and Van Morrison, and that was a very interesting experience. I, you know, I went, I, we've been sort of collecting, in a way, uh, uh, you know, these last few years, the, the icons of the 70s, 
and the late 60s, uh, you know, from our past anyway, these people that we really admire that are still around touring, like Paul McCartney and, and Elvis Costello, James Taylor. We saw the Eagles before Glenn Fry passed, and Fleetwood Mac, and we even saw Elton John one time. And so when this double bill came up, you know, Tom Jones and Van Morrison, without you know, without thinking, you know, we, we bought these tickets, and we got pretty nice tickets, and, and it was... A very interesting evening, and I have to say, I learned a lot. Just, I didn't expect to learn anything. I didn't expect to do anything. I didn't. I don't know what I expected. I just thought it would be a cool evening, and um, I was very surprised by what I learned. I learned that, um, well, first of all, Tom Jones just kicked butt, and I guess Tom Jones, uh, I, 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 you know, he's one of these people that it's like, you know, like like the great sequoias up north. He's just always there. And and so is Van Morrison, for that matter. Um, and I didn't know what to expect from Tom Jones. He opened up, so he was kind of the opening act. Uh, but really, that that could have gone either way. And what I discovered was that that Tom Jones had a quality that I didn't anticipate that that was just exaggerated by the fact that he was paired with Van Morrison. They're two very different styles. Obviously, um, they knew each other a really long time. They met in the '60s. And Tom Jones talked about that a little bit. Um, but Tom Jones has this wonderful uh, thing that I admire for my taste that made his presentation, I think, superior to my liking in, in many ways. And what I isolated it as, you know, just tremendous willingness to communicate to the audience on a social level, on a friendly level, on a, a fun level, an immediate sort of direct way. For example, he came out and and you know he he just had a very immediately started talking to the audience, uh, being very gracious, thanking them for coming. After every number, uh, he would give a little bow. Uh, doesn't seem like much, but you know he he was there. He, he didn't. He's not dying his hair anymore, but he still looks great. <laughs> he's sort of you know he's just built. Tom Jones. He just looks like he just. Came out of the coal mine, put on a nice suit, cleaned up, cleaned himself up, and, and walked on stage. And he's very, uh, you know, just just sophisticated, but not snooty. And you know, you understand the words to all his songs. You never miss a word. And he can sing even bluesy numbers. He did a lot of like wonderful arrangements too. A really great band, really great bluesy numbers, uh, some very chilling, haunting numbers, and songs that were really about something. So the words meant a lot. His presentation was as if he was doing it for the first time, which is key. I mean, we saw James Taylor did exactly the same thing. Songs you've heard easily. You, you, you may hear this song, you know, a song 200 times a year for the last 30 years. But he presented it uh, as a new creation. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of songs that just begged for the audience to sing along. He let us sing along. He, he didn't, you know, get thrown by it. He acknowledged it. He seemed to enjoy it. Uh, he was polite to his band. He was. Uh, he introduced them at a moment that we could hear them, hear the names. Uh, he acknowledged them, uh, and uh, it, all in all, it was a it was a very highly communicative, and I felt very professional presentation. And, oh, he also asked, "So you're having a good time?" From time to time, you know, not exaggerated amount of times, but just enough so we. Well, yeah, we're having a great time. You don't need to ask, but since you did, we'll tell you. And people just loved him. They just loved him. And, you know, this is a performer that in his heyday in Vegas and and when he was younger, women famously were throwing their panties and their 
keys, their room keys, uh, onto the stage, throwing them at him. So his presentation, I thought, was really magnificent. And then, you know, he invited Van Morrison up uh, early in his set to sing a couple numbers with him. And you could just tell right away Van Morrison was not the same kind of performer. First of all, he didn't acknowledge the audience at all, ever, in the whole night. He faced us. That was about as much acknowledgement as we got. He wore dark glasses the whole time and a hat screwed down tight on his head. He looked a little, you know, like a kind of a a well-dressed fire plug. And did not, you know, he sang with Tom Jones and it was charming and everything, but you know, he's, he's also not the enunciator that Tom Jones is. So, you know, you, you lose some words because he, he uses his voice as a different sort of an instrument. And, and maybe it isn't important, all the words that he's saying, or at least he doesn't feel it is. So I already had kind of warning bells going off in my head. I thought, just this comparison is not great. Tom Jones also, I don't know, he just looks like a sexy masculine figure. Van Morrison looked quite small, looked a little like, you know, something out of the jazz club of Middle Earth. And that that's an unfair comparison, but, you know, there it is. You know, you put these two guys together and you go, wow, you know, look at that. So then Tom Jones finishes his set and Van Morrison comes on after a little bit of a delay. And that's fine. And he starts to sing. But as I said, does not talk to the audience, does not really let us see his eyes. And he would go into one number, he'd finish it, and five seconds later, we're into the next number. He would take no pauses. So after a while, it's kind of like, oh, I see, he's just, he's he's kind of a machine this way. You know, this he must do this date, you know, this kind of concert quite often. That was the thought that I had. You know, I, how many dates does he do a year? 200 dates a year? I don't know. I have a feeling he tours a lot. Maybe that's not so. But this seemed like, okay, on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. With no chatting, no storytelling. Tom Jones had told a story about... You know, it was with Elvis backstage in Vegas, and you know, after the shows that they would do, they would sing gospel songs all night. And and here's a gospel song that Elvis taught him, and you know, he would sing that. That was very charming. Or, uh, but no, nothing like that from Van. And Van would just go on and on. Then he brings Tom Jones back on stage in the middle of his set, and I thought, oh, that's good. But it didn't look as if he and Tom had really worked things out too well in this one particular number. It looked like Tom Jones was a little bit adrift. I could just tell he was paying a lot of attention to Van Morrison as if to say, now where do I sing? You know, and what part do you want me to sing? But again, uh, Van Morrison was like just sort of a sort of a mystery, sort of an enigma up there. It wasn't se- didn't seem to be convivially <laughs> sharing too much. And often it was there was a funny moment that, that uh, both my wife and I had the same impression that uh, Van Morrison would sing something, and I'll never let you down, girl. And then it would be echoed by Tom Jones, I'll never let you down, girl. And it was almost as if Tom Jones was translating for Van Morrison. So that was an odd thing. And uh, I'm sure we weren't the only people to think it or to notice that, that sort of comparison. So, and then, at the, and then it, the Van Morrison thing went on quite long. It's good. You know, he sang some of his hits. That was great, you know, but we're very familiar with these songs. And he sang one number that went on for, I don't know, it seems like 17, 18 minutes. And for me, it wasn't very satisfying. But And by that time, it's a little bit late in the evening. It's we're, you know after 10 o'clock. I'm like, wow, just going on and on and on. And it's not, not really adding too much to the argument or not much aesthetic change is happening. And, uh, and then he sings another big hit or two. And then it's time to wrap up. And he just walks off stage while the band is still playing kind of the final bars of this thing. He just walks off 
And everyone applauds, and we're like, well, I guess it'll be an encore maybe, but no, no encore, that was it. No, So he never really ever addressed us as a group. Now, that's that's a personal choice. I can totally understand that. And perhaps it was an off night. Maybe he had a cold. I don't know. But it just made a big difference to me between a guy who will share, a guy who will engage his audience, and uh, and and speak so that you you hear the words. And I don't know. You know, it's art. So anybody does what they want. But for my money, and it was my money, and, and for my, I don't know, me as a professional trying to be a great entertainer, obviously I'm not trying to be a great singing entertainer like Tom Jones or, or like Van Morrison. I could I don't have the chops that they have. Also didn't know that Van Morrison played saxophone so well. Uh, but for me, that's, that is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to reach people. I want them to understand what I have to say. I want, them, I want to be in really good communication with them so that I know what they like and what they don't like. Are they having a good time? Aren't they having a good time? That sort of thing. Uh, and I want to enjoy the evening with them. But basically, I want them to have a really great time. And I want to be really, really f- fully aware of that. And so that was inspirational to me. And I thought, Tom Jones, wow, what a surprise. He really is sensational. And I don't know, how old is he? He must be in his 70s. But uh, his voice was as strong and as strident as I remembered it. Uh, I've only heard him in recordings. I've never seen him in, in person before. But man, you know, if you can sing like that, I, I imagine he could sing like that for another 10 or 15 years. No problem. No problem. Maybe 20. And so that was very encouraging and very inspiring. So uh, there you go. If he comes to town, uh, check, check out Tom Jones. You won't, you won't be disappointed. Get close to the stage and uh, you'll see the whites of his eyes. Van Morrison, I don't know, you know. Uh, obviously, he's a different kind of singer. Uh, the women, I'm sure, in, in his heyday weren't throwing their panties and room keys at him. He probably would say, why are you chucking your feckin' bloomers up here? Uh, anyway, uh, if you want to see me moving forward in my my uh, evolution as a, as a crowd-pleasing entertainer and impressionist, I have a live show scheduled uh, October 29th in Sherman Oaks, the Acting Center Theater. Uh, which is the home of the Acting Center School as well, a school that my, my wife founded. One night only, October 29th at 8 p.m., and you can get tickets at theactingcenterla.com slash impressions. Pretty small house, so get your tickets in advance if you can make it. I'd love to see you there. I'll be doing 65 or so impressions, I think. Maybe more, maybe less, I don't know, probably more. And I'll also have a special guest, Angela Hoover, who I met on America's Got Talent, who is a brilliant impressionist herself and a very funny lady. And uh, she's going to come and uh, we're going to do some things together, including a little number from a guy named Donald and a gal named Hillary. So uh, I hope you enjoy that. Check it out. And uh, hey, thanks to Tate Rupert for the guitar work. Thanks to Jeff Levin for the theme music of my podcast. And I will talk to you again real soon.